Talk Radio 96.7. We're talking sports in the Ozone. The Ozone with Ronnie O and Coach Joe. Brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors, turning scrap metal into cash. And by Foshi Jewelers, your one-stop jewelry store. Ronnie's on assignment. In the house is Coach Joe. I know where Ronnie is. He's on the line with us up there in Gainesville. Ladies and gentlemen, the man who puts the O in orange and blue game, Ronnie Ocean, <laughs> joining us live <laughs> from the big game. What's happening, Coach Joe? Hey, what's it like up there? Here, well, if I'm drowned out, it's people snoring. There's 84 <laughs> yards of total offense combined at this point in a nothing-nothing tie with 11 minutes left in the second quarter up here. That's just um, fantastic but, you know, Gator defense. Control <laughs> scrimmage. Very controlled, it sounds like. What are they not allowing yeah. any running or passing? Well, <laughs> they are, but the quarterback can't be tackled. Um, Miller has looked okay, hasn't shown great arm strength. Um, I'd say Mertz is probably ahead of him right now, would be my guess. And uh, Mertz, Mertz has shown some, some good arm strength, but it's very limited in what they're allowed to do. I, I, you know, it's kind of hard to tell anything. And I'm always reminded of these these intra-squad scrimmages of what Dooley said, Pat Dooley said one time when he went up to Tennessee and some fan came up to him and said, we're going to kick your butts this year. Peyton Manning just threw for 400 yards in the spring game. And he <laughs> said, well, was he throwing against your secondary? He said, yeah. He said, we will be too. <laughs> so I'm always reminded of that. So every play is both a good play and a bad play. <laughs> All at once. Yeah, I'm trying to remember how the Gators looked last year in the in the orange and blue game. Uh, whether that was uh, harboring your things to come or not, uh, do you remember? You know, I really don't, and it, it's hard to tell with what's going on because it's it's clear that it's very limited in what they're allowing them to do, and uh, they're they're not even tackling to the ground on some of the plays, and, and I don't blame them. I'm surprised that um, Trevor Etienne has played as much as he has. Um, he's looked really good running the ball. Trayon Webb, the freshman, has looked good on a couple of runs. Um, and the kid that transferred from Tulane, uh, Cam Carroll, he's looked pretty good, made some real good cuts, uh, seems to know what he's doing. But Mertz seems to know what he's doing out there more than Miller does, even though Miller's been here longer. Well, there's always a big questions with the Gators lately about their defensive backfield. Uh, and I know it's against uh, quarterbacks who are, let's just say, uh, unproven, but uh, how do they look so far? I would say that they've done a pretty good job hanging close to the receivers, which, you know, we've had trouble with the receivers getting separation. And um, eh, I don't think we're getting a whole lot of separation from what I've seen. Well, that's. Uh, I, I hope that means the defensive backs are better, who gave a lot of separation to opponent opposing receivers last year. <laughs> that was that's always true. tough to watch how open those guys kept getting. Uh, hey, it's uh, uh, well, it was a lot of fun prior to the game, though, wasn't there? Oh, I tell you what, a lot of fun. Johnny Townsend had his foundation's fundraiser, and Coach Joe, we are going to be having some great guests in the very near future. Uh, a guy named Wes Chandler uh, ran in his cousin. He called Wes Chandler. Wes gave me his phone number, said he'd come on the show. 
That's Scott, former DB. Might remember the big interception he had against Georgia several years ago. He's coaching over at Trinity Catholic. And, uh, man, we, we just had a great opportunity to get a whole bunch of good players. Cooper Carlisle and uh, one of our favorites, Judd Davis, said he would come on again whenever we wanted him. Oh, so many great memories from all of those players. Wow. And, and oh, yeah. The, yeah, so that, that's that's terrific. Now, now Johnny Townsend's uh, uh, thing was uh, for, for what charity? Um, it's for the Shands uh, Teaching Hospital Children's Cancer Unit. Oh, very nice. Yeah, because uh, that, that was a pretty big success last year. I think this is the second year of doing that, right? Well, they're they're going to crush what they did last year. They had over 300 people. They were having to turn people away. And the Pounceys were both there, and uh, they said they'd come on again. So we're going to have some really great guests coming up in the very near future. Well, that sounded like a pretty uh, awesome party. And, uh, you know, that fundraising total doesn't even include the uh, $200 million that Eric has pledged, <laughs> even as we speak. He's <laughs> what? What? When did this happen? He's got this change. He's got this change belt around <laughs> that he's wearing around his waist. And he just it, he clicked Stop it a couple it. of times. And he says, yeah, that ought to do it. <laughs> uh, so the, the, uh, it's a good crowd tonight. Like maybe twenty five to thirty thousand. It's you know it's hard to tell because it's so spread out. Well, they're doing it on a, on Thursday night. This is new. Uh, I think uh, Coach Billy Napier wanted the game to stand out from the others. I know there are several other uh, big uh, spring games going on this weekend. Uh, it's. Uh, it, Do you think that helped the attendance or maybe kept it smaller? I, I don't know if it helped the attendance in terms of fans, but I heard that one of the things that they did accomplish is there's a whole lot of five-star talent here tonight because there's no competition with the other spring games as the other schools are going on Saturday night. So this gives us an opportunity to bring a lot of these five-star kids in here and get them acquainted with the swamp and get them acquainted with what UF can do for them. Yeah, you know, you know the the Gators are reno- revamping. I guess their NIL collective. It's all coming under one big umbrella. Is there a lot of chatter about that among the big wigs you were been partying with tonight? There is, there is. I had a chance to sit down with Scott Strickland, and he explained it. And the way that it's working is very clever. That what happens is if you give money to Gators Victorious, they, it goes to say Habitat for Humanity. The kids then work for Habitat for humanity to get their money and that makes it a tax deductible donation because you would be giving money to a 501c3 that is pretty pretty smart so they're, they're figuring it out as they go along now uh, they, you know they, they the recruiting has been kind of hit and miss so far in billy napier's tenure but this 2024 class i keep seeing top five rankings uh on it so far yeah you're exactly right. And, uh, you know, with it being a tax-deductible donation, Eric might want to make it $400 million. Oh, yeah. He's Why, always have looking... you seen my tax bill? <laughs> He's always looking for shelters. <laughs> <laughs> He's... This, could be, this could be just the thing, Eric. <laughs> be a good cause. Maybe... <laughs> We gotta get, yeah. I mean, that could fuel his yacht for a week. <laughs> yeah, that's all he has to do. Just the fuel he saves on the yacht would uh, pretty much cover that. You have to have one first. <laughs> <laughs> 
Ah, uh, that would that would work out real well. So, so any special ceremonies at halftime uh, like they've done in the past? Um, I don't know. We haven't gotten to halftime yet, but um, John Frost from Bartow flipped the coin, so uh, we did have some Polk County uh, influence here. Oh, cool, cool! You get that the, the Polk County is well represented with you and John Frost and some of, and some of the others up there in Gainesville at the oh, Orange yeah. and Blue game. It's uh, uh, it, it sounds like a great time. I hope you said hi to Johnny for me too. Uh, you know, so uh, I know yeah, he I understands that, that I'm here in studio so that you can be out there hanging out with the Gators. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, they mistake me for John Frost every day, but payday. <laughs> Well, you bring us some, bringing us some great guests in the coming weeks, so a lot to look forward to. So you're having a good time, but always working for the show, Ronnie. Always working, right? <laughs> oh, always, always. <laughs> well, of course, to fire me. No, we don't want that. We don't want that. Uh, I, he, I, I think you, I think you're safe. He says he can't find anybody uh, cheaper than you. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Ronnie, thanks for joining us, uh, and, and enjoy the rest of the Orange and Blue game, and we'll look forward to seeing you back here next week and talking more about it and, and talking to some of those great guests you, you're getting lined up for us. Uh, really, right. really exciting stuff. Our man, can't Ronnie. Wait. Yeah, I can't wait. Thanks, guys. <laughs> All right, have a great night, Ronnie. Safe trip back. Bye-bye. That's Ronnie Ocean. The great Ronnie Ocean, of course, who's on assignment tonight. You just heard where, and he's going to bring us some great stuff in the coming weeks from his time tonight at the Orange and Blue game, you know, we mentioned that there's other uh, spring games going on this weekend, including one down in the University of Miami. They're actually going to play it in Fort Lauderdale. And we're going to talk to Christopher Stock, who is our guy from InsideTheU.com, who covers the Canes for 24-7 sports. He's going to join us next after the break here in the Ozone. Coach Joe, Talk Radio 96.7 WLKF. Hi. This is Kenny Houston, former Redskin and Hall of Famer. You'll listen to Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone. Ozone. Oh, yeah. Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone every Thursday from 8 to 9 right here. Talk Radio 96.7 brought to you by Foshi Jewelers, your one-stop jewelry store. And by Allied Scrap Processors, turning scrap metal into cash. Here in the Ozone, coming to you from Central Florida, right in the middle of the state where we've got college football fans from every direction, and we cover the state like no other. And it's time to turn our attention to the South. As you know, I'm a South Florida guy, as is Dr. Michael Lynch. He's a South Florida native as well, also on the faculty of the University of Miami. And, uh, you know, getting we want to make sure that you get as much Canes information as you can. So let me talk to you about InsideTheU.com. You talk about coverage of what's happening down in Miami with the Hurricanes and what is a very exciting spring for them so far. Final four in men's basketball, Elite Eight in the women's basketball. And now, of course, they have their spring game coming up tomorrow. And here to talk about it, our man from inside the U uh, at 24-7 Sports, AP reporter and uh, reporter for the South Dade Newsleader. Hey, I know that place. Christopher Stock joining us in the Ozone. Really glad to have you here, Christopher. I appreciate you joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I know we've been trying to get it to work out with schedules and everything, so I'm glad we're able to talk and 
Seems like it's coming at a great time with the spring game tomorrow. Yeah, it is a it is a perfect time, and I got to tell you, my sister and I've been uh, following the Canes really closely uh, throughout the spring with that great basketball run they have. But uh, the football team is a lot to be excited about, and and I'm going to ask you a lot about that. But I have to I have to ask right off the bat the 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 main story, the breaking story that the Cavender twins are leaving UM and going to the WWE. Is that true? <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's the report. Uh, I know they were done after a year. They had a chance to come back for a fifth season, um, the way it worked out with the COVID extra year. But they certainly made an impact. Uh, You know, I think they were both very valuable. They had different roles on the basketball court. Uh, And and they were fun. You know, I had a chance to watch a few practices and paid attention to their run. Um, So, yeah, it it was great for the program. They finally broke through for that Sweet 16 appearance. So that was – they're definitely excited. And hopefully they're looking to build on it. They had a – uh, Destiny Harden was drafted to the WNBA, so that they're just trying to keep some positive momentum going into next season. I'm definitely going to miss them, and of course, both basketball teams losing to the eventual national champions, uh, the women to LSU, and then uh, the men to the Connecticut Huskies in the semifinal. A great season for them, and. At- I think the Canes football has a lot to be excited about as we as we get ready for uh, tomorrow night's spring game at 7.30 at the Drive Pink Stadium in Fort Lauderdale, where the Inter-Miami, uh, of course, is their home games. Uh, first off, is there going to be any problem with the weather? I understand it's not so good in Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, I think we'll just have to wait and see what the forecast is for tomorrow. Uh, I know, yeah, a lot of people have been asking about the weather, and we'll just have to wait and see. As of now, you know, they've not called it off, so... They're hoping that it stays away and they can finish off strong. And it's a little bit different, the fact that they would have it, not at necessarily drive pink. They had it last year there. But this is that night, you know, so they've not done that. Um, so that's something new and just trying to get a good positive atmosphere at the stadium. But, yeah, with the weather, it's just definitely something to pay attention to. But nothing has been announced as of yet. What's the format for the Hurricane Spring game? Is is it a classic uh what is it, orange and white or orange and green? They go orange and green or um, for the Canes, or do they not even call it that? They've done orange and white in the past. It's been a few years since they've done that. What they'll do is they'll go offense versus defense format. And the way they'll do it is they'll do first team versus first team. Um, so they get some good on good. That, that's their philosophy that Coach Cristobal wants to do. And then that, that second group, the second, third team will kind of go against each other. And I, I'm you know, they'll figure out the scoring. We'll find out when we get to the stadium tomorrow and, you know, three and outs. And sack. And I, I know it's always really difficult for the fans to keep track of. I, I miss the, the traditional orange versus white throw a quarterback on one side and, and another and have a true competition. I know it's a little bit difficult, but, you know, we've just not seen that at UM. And I think a lot of teams have, uh, you know, they do this offense defense thing. But certainly from a viewer standpoint, um, I, I think a lot of people would like to see some sort of, uh, competition, but it is what it is, and we'll see a scrimmage. You know, we'll we'll get a chance to see these guys play, uh, have a number of plays out there. So that'll that'll be good. Well, you know, the biggest uh, there is a number of questions that the Canes need answers to coming off of last year's season, which some have said is disappointing, but I, I think it's just the uh, was kind of a necessary uh, regrouping, as it were, to, to uh, if if Mara Cristobal is going to be successful in what he wants to build. But defensively, there were some ugly breakdowns at times and uh you've got a new assistant coach there a guy named jason taylor i know a lot of dolphin fans have probably heard about him but uh there's also a key transfer uh coming in at linebacker uh uh francisco uh, 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 mayagoa uh from washington state 
Uh, is she going to make a big difference there at linebacker? Yeah, I think Francisco definitely will. You know, and he's one of my five players I mentioned as the five players to watch for the spring game. Uh, he's going to play there in the middle linebacker. Productive season last year, kind of the number two linebacker out there for the Cougars. And I think he's going to take a jump. And I think Miami needs their linebacker play. And really, when you talk about Miami's team as a whole, they've got to improve all across the board. All of the position groups have to be better than where they were a year ago. Offense, defense, the run game, passing, they were middle of the pack or worse in a lot of categories in the ACC. So certainly the linebacker play, as you mentioned, Francisco, I think he can make an impact. Um, and I think they need him to make an impact. I think he definitely could slot right there at the middle. They got a new defense with Lance Gidry coming over, and they're going to play this 4-2-5, similar to what they did last year. But there's a little bit of differences in terms of last year was more of gaps and fitting, where this one's a little bit more aggressive and very, very multiple. We've heard that a lot. We've seen it out there, but the offensive guys have, have spoken highly about what's going on on the defensive side of the ball, which is very multiple, different fronts, and they're bringing a lot of different looks, and, and we'll see if it makes a big difference. And certainly, uh, they, you know, changes have been made, and, and they've got to be better than they were a year ago across the board. In totality, they've got to win more than five games. You know, in the past when the Canes have been really good, whether it's uh, Jim Bird or Jerome Brown or Warren Sapp, the defensive line has always been ferocious. Uh, what should we be looking for uh, going forward this year on the defensive line? Yeah, in particular with the defensive tackle, as you're mentioning there, it, it's a big loss. They lost Daryl Jackson to Florida State, transfer there. He was a big guy up front, and they really liked his – he had a bright future, I felt like, and I still think he does. It, it's just a big loss for him going to Florida State. Miami does not have a guy like that at defensive tackle, that size. I think they're going to try to get someone in the, the portal uh, once that opens in two days. And we'll see if, if Miami can get better up front, in particular defensive tackle. They've got Leonard Taylor back for another season, but he's a different guy. He's more athletic, more finesse as a defensive tackle. They like to go, typically most teams with a four-man front like to have that athletic guy next to that bigger guy and just kind of the way they can play off of it. So Leonard Taylor will be back, a highly regarded recruit. He's missed all of spring ball with an injury. They expect him to be fine for the summer and into fall camp. But we've not seen his development, so that'll be a big thing in terms of defensive tackle. Defensive ends, you're looking at a guy like Nigel Lee Kelly in year two, looking for a potential breakout guy after you know producing as a freshman. And then Akeem Mesidor is back, a transfer from West Virginia a year ago, a high-impact transfer, and he'll be back to play defensive end like we saw last year, but also maybe some, uh, some defensive tackle if they want to move him inside like he did at West Virginia. And then if we're talking about a freshman, one of these guys that maybe could break out, I think you're looking at Reuben Bain, a guy that, that had all kinds of stats over there at Miami Central, a state champion, All-American. He just produces. He's doing well in the spring. So he's one to watch for maybe depth-wise, but I think he could definitely have an impact as a freshman, as a pass rushing specialist at the least. You know, uh, these days in the ACC, it seems like you really do need a prolific passing attack. And uh, I know that last year the Canes did not do as much throwing downfield as they would like, and they're looking to change that. But in order to do that, you need a good offensive line. Now, the, the Canes have got a couple of key transfers, including center Matt Lee from UCF. He's a real find, isn't he? Yeah, Matt Lee, uh, and I think a lot of people there in that area that you're in know about Matt Lee, and, and everybody is, is essentially sung his praises. Um, everybody that either offensive line or other offensive players, the coaches, they all think very highly of him. They, you know, guys on the defensive side going against them, you know, they, they speak highly of him as well. 
He's one of these guys that's a really good player and he's a good leader. I expect him, you know, I know it's he's in his first year, but it wouldn't surprise me all at all if he becomes a captain of the team, you know, a guy that really takes on that leadership role. And I think he's going to make an impact at center. I think if we're talking about across the board as a team, where can Miami be the most improved in an area? I think it's definitely on the offensive line. I think the other position groups will see. I think there's still a lot of question marks, but I think the offensive line will be more improved. And anyone that knows football knows that if you have the offensive line going, uh, that's performing better, you have a chance to have a good offense. And I think that everything else, hopefully, from a Miami perspective, things will start to improve across the board. You can, you know, not just pass protection, but run block. You know, just it can really help a lot of different places. And you touched on Matt Lee. Javian Cohen's a highly regarded guy, transferring over from Alabama, two-year starter, slotting right in at left guard. He's a big-time performer as well. So those two guys are going to make a huge difference for Miami. Potential NFL draft picks, potential all ACC caliber type players. And certainly I, I expect big things from them. I, I think both of them are going to have good years for Miami this year. Well, with this better offensive line, maybe Tyler Van Dyke can stay upright a little bit more, avoid injury. And can he return to the form he had a couple of seasons ago? Yeah, that's the big question mark because he didn't do that last year. All kinds of reasons why not. And then now you're starting to look at it was 2021. Was that him? Was that him at his best? You know, we saw him have some down games last year. He did deal with injuries, but when he wasn't dealing with injuries, he still underperformed. He was still the starting quarterback that underperformed in that disappointing loss, that historic loss to Middle Tennessee. So there's some question marks with Van Dyke. Which quarterback is going to be closer to 2021, that back end? Or will it be kind of more of what we saw last year? However, I will say Tyler is certainly more comfortable. This offense, the new offense with Shannon Dawson, is more similar to what they ran in 2021. And I know Tyler has talked a lot about he talked today after practice. This feels very comfortable. The big thing, he has a good relationship with Coach Dawson, um, basically is saying that you know Dawson's going to let him go out there and play and, and have fun and, and those kind of things and throw the ball around. So I, if I were to pick which one, I, I would say Tyler's going to be better than he was uh, last year. And I think you know the receivers still have you know a ways to go, and we'll see if they hit the transfer portal with anyone else. But I, but I think I think I would expect Tyler to play better than he did a year ago, and and certainly you bring back a quarterback with potential and a guy that has proven himself, uh, then you certainly have a chance to have a good team. Well, with the receivers like uh, Nathaniel Joseph or Xavier Restrepo, um, uh, who else would be necessary if they're going to be able to, uh, you know, execute a, a deep threat uh, passing game? Well, I think if you're the three guys that have been starting most of the spring or all the spring on that first unit, you touched on Restrepo in the slot, and then 6'4", six, 6'5", six, receiver Colby Young on the outside. He's the guy that really showed flashes last year. You know, a Juco transfer, the big size. He actually slimmed down a little bit, so he feels like he's a little bit faster. So he's the guy potentially downfield. But really, Colby's one of those guys that uh, can make catches but also high point the ball, and that's what they'll be looking forward from him. If you're talking about a big play guy, we saw him as a true freshman two years ago. Jacoby George is that third guy that's been in the top unit. Didn't have the breakout season he would have hoped for last year. Started off slow with the suspension, never really got over it. But he's a guy that made big plays as a true freshman. He's the capable guy right around six feet, a real fluid route runner, um, dynamic guy that can make big plays. So he's, he has potential. We'll see how it goes. And, and certainly he's looking forward to you know, getting past what happened last year. But those are the three guys they've been running with. They've got some other guys. You touched on Nathaniel Joseph. He's currently running third team. But I, I think he's got a, 
a very, very bright future, a true freshman. I think he's, he's got the right mindset and certainly a dynamic player. We'll see if he can pass people up, but I think he's going to make an impact, whether it's this season, but certainly moving forward. But Miami's got a lot to prove at the wide receiver spot. There's no doubt about it. They seem thin at running back, too. I mean, Henry Parrish, I know, is good, but uh, who else do they have? Yeah, they're definitely thin, and they're really thin this spring. So Henry Parrish and Don Cheney Jr. coming back from an injury, you know, he's missed most of the last two seasons. Those were the only two scholarship running backs they had this spring. They had a few walk-on, three walk-ons, and you'll see them at the spring game. But they've got two freshmen coming in. Uh, we uh, we just accidentally lost Christopher Stock uh, when we were getting to the running back part. That's how thin they are. He uh, ran, <laughs> ran out of things to talk about with him. Um, we will uh, try to get Christopher Stock uh, back, and uh, we also uh, uh, we also are planning to talk some golf with Andy Bean tonight. So uh, we're going to get that all squared away. And uh, it, what we we're talking about was the uh, University of Miami spring game. That's tomorrow night at Drive Pink uh, Stadium in Fort Lauderdale, where it's been uh, ceaseless raining for the last part of the better part of several several days now. But uh, hopefully everything will be okay for the uh, spring game for the University of Miami. It sounds like they've got a really exciting thing going. And uh, Christopher Stock, he is with the InsideTheU.com, and he was giving us all the uh, information about the Canes and uh, letting us know what's going on down there because the Canes are, are really uh, an exciting team to watch and you know that we we expect that the state of florida is going to have some great college football coming up in the season and chris we lost you there for a second uh i think it might have been on our end but uh you you'd mentioned the running backs and we didn't want to wrap up by just having you you uh, fall off the line there like that so uh um uh, we just want to but uh, to to close out with what's going on in miami first off uh at inside the u right uh, is that uh, can follow you on twitter and inside the u.com as far as yeah. uh, and what do you, what kind of coverage do you have planned for the game tomorrow night? Yeah, absolutely. Those two, and we also have a YouTube channel, a podcast, all kinds of things. Podcast is through the smoke. You can find that, and also the YouTube channel inside the you can find it. That's there. So we'll be at the game. We're going to be doing stats. We'll do a live thread. You can chat with other fans afterwards. We'll have our reaction. We'll have interviews with Coach Cristobal and the players. And, and the bit, biggest thing is we're just definitely going to provide some insight on what we see compared to what we're we're looking at. Throughout the spring practices, we've been covering the team a long time, so we'll try to provide our perspective, whether it's good or bad, whatever it might be. Hopefully that it happens, and, and uh, in terms of the game, hopefully that happens, and we'll, we'll just have it all covered inside the U.com, definitely. Oh, the, your coverage of Hurricane Sports is spectacular, and it's it's really appreciated up here. We, we thirst for for news from, from South Florida and how the Canes are doing. And, uh, hey, thanks for joining us tonight, Chris. We really appreciate it, and, we, and you got to join us again, especially as we get closer to football season. Yeah, absolutely. And just real quick, I have a basketball article, a transfer that's visiting Miami. Mustafa Amzilia from Dayton. Uh, I have an article I'm working on there, so you're going to see about him. He's going to visit Miami. Miami's got to reload and try to make another run at the Final Four. Thanks for having me on. Oh, you're welcome. And, yeah, we're definitely going to keep an eye on that because I think uh, Kane's basketball and Jim Laranega, who's an awesome coach, I think they're going to be making another run next season as well, even with with losing a couple players. Uh, The core of them will be back, and uh, uh, hopefully Isaiah Wong will stick around, huh? Yeah, we'll see. He has until April 23rd to make a decision. So we've got 10 days. We'll, we're all kind of waiting and see what he decides to do. All right. Chris, thank you so much. We appreciate it, and we hope we can have you on again soon. It's uh, awesome yeah, to talk to you, man. 
Yep, take care. Have a good weekend. Thank you. You too. Good luck uh, to the Canes tomorrow night in their spring game in Fort Lauderdale. That was Christopher Stock from InsideTheU.com. And uh, our technical problems have been solved by extraordinarily good work by Eric Clark, who and it, who is able to now we can transfer right over to golf with our good friend, uh, a Lakeland Polk County icon, no question about it. 11 PGA Tour wins, three more in the PGA Tour Champions Tour. He's played in majors. He knows what it's like. He's our man, Andy Bean, joining us here in the Ozone. Andy, right off the top, how you feeling, man? I'm good. How about you? Oh, I am feeling good now. It's good It's good to talk to you, and uh, I'm feeling really good about that Masters I just watched. I thought that was uh, an incredibly exciting tournament. Well, I'll tell you what, it couldn't be... Uh, I don't think it could have been any better, especially with the delays that they had. The competition was really good. Uh, I think it was good that the green stayed a little soft where they could, you know, hit the ball in there. But, uh, you know, golf course played a little longer, and uh, there was a lot of good golf that last day. Yeah, you know, on Saturday when they had to finish the second round in the morning, and it was going to be rainy all day, but the rain started pouring down, and the 17th and 18th holes looked like mini par fives <laughs> during that time. You played in the Masters 14 times, and the course played different back when you were playing there in the 70s and 80s and the early 90s. Um, was it more like what you remember the course was in terms of length and how it played? Well, I think it, in some ways, yes, because you know the technology has changed the game considerably. But uh, I think the golf course was just in immaculate shape. And uh, it's, it played like when it's cool up there, obviously the golf course plays a little longer. And, uh, and boy, you know, that 12th hole, a uh, couple of days, that caught them pretty good uh, with those winds that were swirling. So it was the same basic golf course, but... Um, just a lot of great shots hit this weekend. Do you ever have any uh, tournaments at the Masters where the weather was poor, like it was over over Saturday uh, last week? Yeah, we've had some. You know, we've had rain delays where you, you know, you had to make up nine or you know twelve holes or something like that. Uh, some similar to what they had now, but uh, or this past week. But it was still, it makes it a long day because. That is one of the harder golf courses to walk. Um, it, people don't, if you hadn't been there, TV can't do the up and down justice. It's almost like going out and playing, you know, out in Colorado or somewhere. Oh, yeah, the elevation changes are, are yeah, amazing. Exactly. Uh, you know, speaking of, of ups and downs, I got to ask you, he's leading at uh, Heritage now after the first round. He was a factor in the Masters last week. Victor Hovland. He, he can be so good and then turn around and throw it all away on a few holes. Well, what, what, what's, uh, what, do you, what are your impressions of him? I think maybe that's a little bit of inexperience in some ways, but this is a good young player, let me tell you that. He has got, he's got all the shots. Uh, he's got a pretty good short game. He putts pretty well, but I think a lot of it is just a, gaining a little bit of experience because when you're – when you're up there and you're getting interviewed and all that uh, at the Masters, you know, you're center stage. And uh, the, that press, they just, hey, man, they just, you know, they keep asking you questions. And it, sometimes you get distracted a little bit with all that. 
but uh, I think he's going to be a really good player. You know, John Rahm, the winner of the Masters uh, last Sunday, uh, his second major goes with the 2021 U.S. Open, and uh, his fourth tournament win this year. He's the number one player in the world. Um, his swing isn't as polished as uh, a lot of pros are, but it's very effective, and it's it, he repeats it very well. What are your impressions of, of his game? I'll tell you what, right now, you know, he's young, he's strong, and granted, his swing is not what you would say textbook, more like a Rory. But my goodness, Rory has got one of the greatest swings I've ever seen. You know, he just didn't play so well up there. And sometimes that just happens. It's just timing on it. But Rom right now, he is on a roll, and he will continue as long as he stays strong. And I, and I think, too, as long as he doesn't get on a – more of a workout regiment than he is right now because he's a strong player and he doesn't need to get any stronger. Uh, as long as he stays with what he's got right now, he can handle the swing. But as he, if he gets a little bit weaker or if it starts getting, you know, where he has an injury or something, then the swing that he's got is going to be, it's going to be harder to repeat. You know, it's interesting you mentioned physical shape. Phil Mickelson looks like a different person out there, and he had one of he's had his best tournament since that PGA win from a couple of years ago. Exactly on the yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, uh, are you surprised as I was about that? Well, I mean, he played a great last round. You know, Phil was there. I mean, he's got as much experience as anybody in the field playing Augusta, and that's what you need. You need to know where to hit the ball. You need to know, you know, if you're go- if you're going to miss it or something, where to miss it so you have chances to get it up and down. Because if you're on the wrong side of the flag there, then you're a lot you're a lot worse off maybe than being off the green and chipping up. And uh, his experience showed well there. He kept himself in good shape. He made some great putts that last day, and. Um, I was surprised to see him finish that well, yes. but uh, And I was also surprised to see Kupka kind of, you know, fall back that far. You, you think it was from not getting enough competitive rounds because of being on LIV? Oh. I think it affected his well, sharpness. Then what, then, hey, and then what are you going to say about Phil? Here he's playing <laughs> LIV. But I think That's a Phil good point. played less tournaments, though. But Kupka, too, um, two years ago, he he hurt himself. And I just don't think he's all the way back from that. But it's not only his physical ability getting back to his top level, but also the mental side of it. And I do think the LIB um, is a little different. But, I mean, here you got, what, Patrick Reed finishing good. And, uh, but then again, after you go down the field after that, you don't have, you know, that many players that are LIB that played and finished that much better. Yeah. yeah but, yeah. but Reed and, and, you know, here, these are two past champions there. And, that- uh, the, hey, nothing will, nothing, uh, substitutes any better for, except knowledge there at Augusta National.
And if you've got the way to approach that golf course and your game is good, then you're going to yield a good score occasionally. In, you know, uh, the, in response to LIV, some changes on the PGA Tour, uh, one of which is these designated tournaments that all the good players are supposed to show up at. I got a guy like Jordan Spieth and Rory to some extent as well, who've been playing a lot of golf lately. Uh, Jordan especially <coughs> wanted to add uh, the Valspar because he's won there in the past. So that, that wasn't a designated event. So now he's playing the designated events plus others. And I think he played in Texas as well. So he's been playing week mm-hmm. after week. Uh, and he's talking about exhaustion there. Uh, now he uh, came in third or tied for fourth, actually, in, at Augusta. Fourth, yeah. yeah. And uh, seems to be playing okay so far this week, three under on his round today at the Heritage. Uh, what about that with these designated events? Is it uh, good or bad overall for the PGA Tour? You know, where we used to have invitationals like the Memorial Tournament, the Colonial Tournament, now they have designated events where you've got, um, they're basically doubling the purse on a regular PGA Tour event. And to be honest, I don't think that's in the best interest of the game. But what it does do, it keeps the better players over here to add that many more, you know, to add, what is it? Eight of them. I think it is now. Um, yeah, I think, it, I think so. It, yeah. And there, and there's going to be some more changes coming up too. There'll be some more changes, but I hope the tour does not get in a habit of changing to compete with LIV. We don't have to do that. We just have to keep maintaining we have to keep our sponsors happy over here. And when you start doubling the purse, that puts stress on your sponsors to keep coming up with that, you know, that extra money and the events too. So it's, um, I don't know, uh, Joe, it just, uh, I just don't think more money is in, is in the best interest because what you're doing you're kind of not focusing on the competition, which is great over here. It's the best in the world, hands down. You can't really argue that point. But also, we've kept tradition like the RNA has tried to keep over in the European tour. And you've got to keep that tradition in the game because to go and play like over the LIV tournaments, they're never going to be the players there. They're never going to be world rank like the players over here or the European tour, uh, the ranking system, because you've got to play four rounds to be ranked. So, you know, you've got to look at that side of it. Yeah, well, yeah, you know it's it, that's so true, and, and I I think that we're gonna we're gonna see how things work out. I know the PGA Tour is making some adjustments to, like you said, try to keep keep the good players playing and playing here, and they're um, hopefully they won't like overcorrect because the tradition is what made that competition at the Masters so stellar. Andy, listen, man, I, I'm so glad you could join us tonight. And at, by the way. Uh, a little bit belated, but happy 70th birthday. I hope you don't mind me saying it. But uh, oh, no problem. <laughs> I, it's it's so great to talk to you again. And uh, look, we got some great majors coming up. Um, you know, can uh, 
we got to get you back in studio. Hopefully you can do that sometime in the next few weeks. All right. Uh, uh, yeah. We'll make that happen. You got it, buddy. All right. Well, thank you. And, uh, you know, all the best to everybody up there. And, you know, I just think uh, as long as we keep doing what we're doing on the PGA Tour and focusing on our sponsors and keeping them happy, we're going to be successful. Yeah. And we're going to maintain that status. And uh, and also, without the volunteers on the PGA Tour, we couldn't be playing for what we're playing for anyway. So we need to keep our good practices right there at the head of what we're doing. And um, I hope they continue that. Yeah, I hope so, too. And we're going to keep an eye on that. And, and we're going to talk to you some more about that soon. I love talking golf with you, Andy. And uh, I'm so glad you're doing okay. And uh, uh, we'll, we will talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us tonight. You got it. We'll yeah. talk to you later. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, Polk County Treasurer Andy Bean, so glad he could join us tonight in the Ozone. We're so glad you could join us tonight in the Ozone, too. We're going to give away our uh, Lakeland Ale House prize right after the break here with Coach Joe in the Ozone. Talk Radio 96.7 WLKF. Hello out there. This is Henry Lawrence from the Oakland Los Angeles Raiders, three-time Super Bowl champion, and you are listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone. Ozone, yes. Fourth and final segment. Let's get right in here to it with Ronnie O and Coach Joe brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors and by Foshi Jewelers. We heard from him, Ronnie's in Gainesville. We heard from him earlier in the show. And we also want to thank Christopher Stock of Inside the U. Uh, inside the U.com and uh, the great Andy Bean, who just joined us to talk golf a little while ago. But because we've had such great guests tonight, we're limited on time. So 682-1430. Call now. Next caller uh, will ask the sports quiz question two. All right. No time for me to even say it on the air. Just call in. I promise you it's not a hard question. It's not about anything historic or or the, that, that happened uh, 10, 20, 30 years ago. Something that's current. And uh, if you're just keeping up with sports, you'll be able to answer it. 682-1430. Next caller gets that shot at the sports quiz, which is brought to you by the Lakeland Ale House at 5650 South Florida Avenue in Lakeland, Florida, where they have 40 strategically located TVs, which I visit for Frequently, and they always take good care of me there. And uh, I promise you we have a very easy sports quiz question, which if you win, you will get uh, up to $30 off of your bill when you dine in there. Okay, you go in, you have a wonderful meal and drinks and whatever, and they'll take $30 off your bill. If you happen to spend less than $30, which is always special, uh, possible given their specials that they have, well, you know, you don't get money back. Come on, it's not, uh, it's not, it doesn't work like that, guys, but, <laughs> but uh, it'll encourage you to bring a friend so that you make sure you uh, spend at least $30 there and that, that they take it right off of your bill when you eat in at the ale house there. You got to go there, you got to... Uh, you know, if you win, you give. We'll, we'll take your name. We'll pass it on to the restaurant, and you go there and you identify yourself when you sit down. And uh, when they take thirty dollars off of your bill, that's how that works. It's how it's worked for years, and it's been great. I've got the question here. Just call in six eight two fourteen thirty. Don't be afraid. Call in six eight two fourteen thirty. We will make it as easy as possible for you. Well, uh, it's uh, it's a mystery question. Instead of giving it to you over the air and having you call, call in, then just call in. Just call in. I'll take the next caller. I'll take the next caller and uh, call in, and we'll we'll ask the sports quiz question. In fact, I have four different sports quiz questions, and I will let you choose the category. Four questions from four different sports, and you can choose which one you want to try to answer here live on the Ozone. It'll be so exciting, and uh, we look we hope you do it. You know, last week 
right after the show, we had people flooding in with calls and saying, I know the answer, but you know, we, uh, this is your chance right now. If you can, if you can uh, get in here and uh, I have a, a baseball question, I have a football question, I have a basketball question, I have a golf question. You choose which question you want. And I promise you, it is not anything obscure from the distant past. It is something current. Wayne, Wayne, are you there? Okay. Yeah, I'm here. What sport do you want to choose from? Basketball, baseball, football, or golf? Oh, boy. Um, golf, I think. Golf, sure. Uh, the question is this. Who won this year's Masters that was played uh, last weekend? Who was the winner? Was it Tiger Woods, John Rahm, Phil Mickelson, or Jordan Spieth? John Rahm. You got it. <laughs> Wayne's a big winner. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, Wayne. Good job. You know, and you not only did it, you it was a buzzer beater because we are coming down to the wire. Eric, we've got a winner. Oh, <laughs> hey, stay on the line, Wayne. You know how you know we, we want to get your information and uh so okay. next time you eat at the uh alehouse, just make sure to do it within the next thirty days. Okay? Okay, good. good Thanks deal. for calling, Wayne. Give us a call back again soon and, and we'll talk. Thanks for joining us, ladies and gentlemen, here in the Ozone on Talk Radio ninety six point seven WLKF.